Unashamed Men of Purpose has one mission, and that is to move men from the casual observer to leaders in their family, in their church, in their workplace, and in their community. This eight-week series that we're going to start January 15th, Wednesday morning, or January 16th, Thursday night, is designed to help us uh, determine as men uh, how can we transform our jobs? How can we move from a career and make it a calling? And so I want to encourage you men, there is no cost. Uh, this is a free one. Um, for eight weeks, we're going to get together and, uh, and, and learn and discuss and talk to one another about how we can move from, from just a career that I get up and I do my job eight, nine, ten hours a day to how can I make that a calling? How can I turn that into something God wants to use or use me in? So registration is available out in the lobby. Um, we have a couple stations set up out there, and uh, it's really simple. There's a couple guys there that are going to help you do that. So uh, I want to encourage you men, come and be a part uh, of Unashamed Men of Purpose Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m. or Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m., uh, whichever one works best for you. I remember a time when Sarah and I were first married, and we would, every week, once a week, we would have laundry night. And I loved laundry night. And here's why I loved laundry night, because my mom and dad let us go to their house and do the laundry there, and mom cooked supper. And so once a week, we loaded all the laundry into the car, and we headed about the 25, 30 miles from our house to where my parents lived uh, out in the country. And one time we got in the car, and as we were taking off, we're pulling out of the uh, apartment complex that we lived in, Sarah looked over and noticed that my gas gauge was on E. And she said, you, you notice that you're out of gas? I said, no, no, we're fine. No problem. I, I can get to mom and dad's and back on what we have left in there. And she said, okay. Well, about halfway there, after we had passed about 20 gas stations, you'll never guess what happened. My car kind of chug-chugged -ch -chug -ch -chugged, and we coasted to the side of the highway. And this was before cell phones. So I got out. I didn't look at her. <laughs> we hadn't been married long, but I knew better than that. We got out, and I walked to the first house I could find. I called my dad, explained to him what had happened. He went, got a gas can, filled it up, brought it to us, and saved supper and laundry. We were stranded. We were stuck along the side of the road. We were helpless. We had absolutely no way of fixing our situation. And it's funny, but my wife has never trusted me since. And the joke is, do you need gas? I said, no, I can get to mom and dad's and back from here, is what my response is. But have you ever been dependent on someone else? Now, I don't mean when you were an infant or when you were a child, you were little, and you were dependent upon mom and dad, but I mean as an adult. Did you ever find yourself depending on someone that you could do uh, nothing but wait? You were stranded. You needed help. Have you ever worked as a, as a team on a project? 
And a, and a large part of the project was dependent on someone else doing their job. I get a little nervous just thinking about it. I remember in grad class, the, the dreaded group project. We would always look as soon as we got the syllabus before each class started, each 10-week course. And, and I would look for the, the, the ones, is there a group project in here? Because I, I really didn't like the group projects. I didn't really trust anyone else in the class. Because when, when you were never allowed to pick your group, you just kind of had to random take it. Or sometimes we drew names out of the numbers out of, the, out of a hat. Or we just went every other one. Or we counted off or whatever. And, and I, I dreaded that because I always quickly identified who the weakest link was in the group. It was never me. In my mind. Others probably went, oh crud, I'm with Harris again. And, and then you tried to work around that weakness because your grade was dependent upon their ability, not upon just your ability. You were dependent upon them for success and to achieve uh, a high grade or, or uh, a high honor or whatever. Most of, us, most of us try to limit our dependence on other people. We, we want to live independent lives. We want to be self-sufficient. We don't like the feeling of needing to rely on someone else. And so we set up safeguards. We have plan B. We're ready that just in case something were to happen, this is what we're going to do. And we become self-sufficient. We want to be in control of the outcomes. And, and we even have difficulty asking for help when plan B and C didn't work. frustration, stress, even anger ensues when we feel that we are losing control, when we are becoming dependent on someone else. Do you see how our need to control the outcomes can greatly limit God's potential in our life? When, when God wants to teach us something, when God wants to lead us somewhere when God wants to provide for us through someone else and we want to control the situation. We want to be the one in charge. We want to be the one that has plan A, plan B, plan C. And we've tricked ourselves into believing that we are in control. The last time I stood here on a Sunday morning, I preached on the fact that we have a God full of potential. That if we believe that God is all-powerful, that God is all-knowing, and that God loves us, then he has a, a great plan for our life filled with potential. And we understood potential to mean untapped ability, the promise of more. But it can too easily be lost. We said that God's potential is limited by our ability to dream, by our ability to imagine what else might be out there. When we, live our, when, we, when we live for our own dreams, we limit God's dream, our, our vision for our life from, from being realized. That our dreams, when we follow our dreams, our plan A, that it tends to just lead to mediocrity. It tends to not lead to greatness. But God's dreams lead to eternal success, to long-term stability. Realizing God's dream requires continually growing closer to him. 
to, to continually seeing him in the circumstances, being able to thank him for the outcome before we know what the outcome is. My wife and I have chewed on that for the last four months. Are we able to thank God before we know whether it's going to even work? And walking in obedience to his dream. Today we want to focus on another limit. This is part two of that series. We want to, we want to focus on another limit to God's potential, and that is this word dependence. That God's potential is limited by our ability not only to dream, but to depend on him. How would you describe your spiritual life? If you were to, to look deep, how would you describe your spiritual life? Now, most of us would describe our spiritual lives as average. For many, that translates mediocre. Not a whole lot has changed over the years. We expect the same thing every day. Occasionally, we get a little excited when God answers a prayer for, for a sick relative. Our spiritual lives, for many of us, have become routine. They become predictable. They become mediocre. They, but they're full of potential. But we have been living on our own plan A. If you're here this morning because, well, it's Sunday and this is what you do on Sunday. Or if you're here today because life hasn't been all you thought it would be. And you're looking for some answers. I, I've got good news for you. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. If you have your pew Bible in the blue one, I found out there are two colors. If you're in a blue one, it's on page 815. If you're in a red one, it's on page 828. If you're lazy, it'll be on the screen. <laughs> I think. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21 say this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. That's the first part of this. That, that's the last sermon. That God's ability, his potential in our life is limited by our ability to ask and imagine, to dream. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. According to his power that is at work within us. Whose power? His power. Whose plan? His plan. My power? No, that leads to mediocrity and boringness and, and uncertainty. But if his power is at work within us, if we become dependent upon him, then he is able to do more than we could ever dream of. More than plan A, more than plan B. His dream, his purpose. God's dream for us, his individual vision for our life, the best that he has to offer is limited by our ability to depend on his power and not our own. Our ability to experience everything that God has for us is limited by our ability to depend on him, to allow him to work in us, within us, through us. Lead us, guide us, take us through situations, circumstances, many unpleasant, but purposeful, meaningful. God longs to use each of us 
in a special way as he carries out his overall plan for this world. He longs to place us in, in places, in positions, in situations, and circumstances to accomplish his dream, not just in us, but in the world. His power at work within us. So the question that begs to be asked is what are you depending on? What are you depending on? When you get up in the morning, what are you depending on to get you through that day? On Monday morning, what are you depending on to get you through that week? When you go to the doctor, what are you depending on to get you through whatever news he might bring? Dependence means relying on or needing someone or needing something for aid and support. And I don't mean for help when you run out of gas. I mean the bigger questions. I mean the bigger picture. I mean for the, the really important things, your future. Do you rely your future just upon fate? Take it as it comes, hope for the best, muddle through, try to make better decisions next time? That's mediocre. That's not a good plan A. It's not a good plan B. Just take life as it comes to you. If life hands you lemons, make lemonade. I don't like lemonade. I want more than that. Who do I depend on for, for purpose and meaning in my life? Where do, where do I find value in my life? Where does my life count? Where does my life matter? Is it in my job? Well, yeah, until I lose it. Or, or until, until I, I, I don't like it anymore, until it's not fulfilling anymore. Or until I, I, I realize that, you know what, I've done this long enough, it's time to retire. Then what? My job can't, I can't depend on my job for meaning and purpose. But as we're going to find out with unashamed men, we can bring meaning and purpose into our job. What about my family? Can I depend upon my family? Yeah, until they don't live up to my expectations, until they let me down, until I learn I can't depend on them. What about church? Do I depend upon church? Is that where I find my strength? I hope not. I hope it's bigger than this. Because church isn't perfect. We're not perfect. This church is led by imperfect people. Hard for you to hear, hard for me to admit. But we're all imperfect. Where do you find your joy? If we put our trust in things of this world or things that do not last, we are destined for disappointment. Our dependence must rest in the person of Jesus Christ. Everything else will let us down. Everything else will lead to mediocre, will lead to muddling through, will lead to just getting by. Let me give you three truths about being dependent upon what it means to allow his power at work within us. 
Number one, and write these down. I don't have sermon notes. Flip one of the inserts over uh, that's blank on the other side. Dependence is nothing without trust. Dependence is nothing without trust. Trust means to place confidence in. If I'm going to be dependent upon someone or something, I've got to know that I can trust them, that I can put confidence in them. You see, when, when I ran out of gas along the side of the road, there was only one person I was going to call, my dad. Because I had complete confidence in whatever he was doing, he was going to stop it, grab the gas can, and rescue my wife. I knew that. I had confidence in that. I trusted him. It was easy to depend upon dad. But if we place our confidence in the wrong things, we're going to get the wrong result. If I had just opened up the phone book and went and called and said, hey, I'm out of gas. (laughs) Who are you? They're not coming to my rescue. That's randomness. The object of your trust is important. Dependence is nothing without trust. If we're going to experience the great things that God has for us, then we're going to have to trust his power and not our own. We're going to have to trust his agenda and not our own. We're going to have to trust his plan B, his plan A, and not our own. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine or could dream up, according to his power that is at work within us. One of the things that our family does over extended holidays like Christmas is watch movies. We become movie junkies. We have movie marathons, two, three at a time, one right after the other. We've done it for years. I usually fall asleep during the first one, and then I can make it through the second and usually then fall asleep during the third one. So my marathon, not so much. Um, but but we, we, we have lots of movies. And, and in almost every movie, there comes a point where the outcome is uncertain. You know, where the plot thickens. And, and, and destruction is all around. And, and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know, is it, are they going to be saved? The world is crumbling and the future is bleak. And at just the right time, the hero sweeps in and saves the day. Who has the power to transform your situation? Who has the ability to sweep in and save the day? And I'm not talking running out of gas. I'm talking about meaning, purpose, value. When life looks bleak, when the future looks hopeless, to turn an uncertain outcome into God's uh, dream, The disciples, those early followers of Jesus were in a tough place. The future was no longer certain. Jesus had went through healing people and talking about the kingdom of God, and they were getting excited about all the changes that were going to happen in their world and in their culture, and that God was going to finally set up his kingdom and rule things right. They would no longer have to fall under the leadership of Rome. And then Jesus took a turn. He started talking about his own death. 
he started talking about the fact that he's going to have to leave. And suddenly things were looking bleak. All that promise, all that hope, all that plan A that they had, had worked up in their own life of how things were going to be was changing. Jesus gathered them all together just the night before he died. And he told them this. This is how he started out the conversation or the, the, the talk with them. He said, trust in God. Trust also in me. This is what Jesus said they needed. They didn't need to know the whole plan. They didn't need it all laid out for them. They just simply needed to trust him. Trust. Depend on me to know what I, that, that I know what I'm doing. And depend on me to use you to accomplish that purpose. You know what the opposite of trust is? Fear. If I don't trust something, I fear something. Because fear really is feeling dependent on something or someone that you don't trust. Fear is walking into a situation and, and I can't trust the person in charge. I can't trust the one who's calling the shots here. And so we get a little fearful. Trust in God and trust also in me, Jesus said. Philippians chapter 4 says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I can do everything, not everything. I can do everything in him who gives me strength, whose power is at work within us. Mark and Luke both record the words of Jesus when he said, with God, all things are possible. Luke kind of flipped it around and said, with God, nothing is impossible. I can do all things. Nothing is impossible. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Dependence is nothing without trust. Second thing is dependence is nothing without prayer. Prayer is our number one connection. It's our number one source of connection with God. The depth of our prayer life reveals the depth of our dependence upon him. Think about that for just a moment. The depth of our prayer life reveals the depth of our dependence upon him. How much you depend is reflected in how much you pray and what you pray for. I think prayer is something we don't understand. Prayer is something I don't totally understand. Prayer is something that's difficult to really wrap our, our, our minds around. Because prayer is, is just simply us talking to the creator. And here's the part that doesn't always make sense and is difficult to get our, our, our mind wrapped around is prayer is also the creator talking to us. And a lot of times we have the, the upside of prayer. We don't always have the flow back. We don't always have the listening part. We don't always have the, the, the hearing from God. So let me ask you this. When trouble comes, who do you talk to first? Maybe yourself. Maybe you internalize it all. Maybe you, you, you sit down and you think through all the, all the options, plan A, B, C, D, 
oh man, this doesn't look good. And then you go and try to find someone who's been through it before. Well, what did you do? And then we muddle through. We, we play out our plan. And then when it doesn't work, what do we do? Pray. Or we pray that God would bless our plan. But we've never actually asked him what his plan is. See, prayer is not an easy thing. It's a simple concept. But really for us to connect, for us to truly depend on God, we have to depend on prayer. To give us plan A. To get us through plan A. And who better to reveal solutions than that one with the plan, the one with the dream, the power to make the dream happen? Who, while the circumstances surprised us, didn't surprise him? Who better to lead us through? Who better to rely on? Who better to depend on? Who better to trust and have confidence in? Prayer is more than us taking our request to God and asking him to fix things. That is God serving our purposes. For many of us, we, we keep a prayer list. And the things that we're asking God for, to, uh, helping, uh, asking God to help us for in our life. And, and look at your prayer list. Does it reflect God's agenda or yours? Because this is a true, this is a good way to, to understand, am I really dependent upon God? Look at your prayer list. Is it your agenda that you're bringing before God? Or is your prayer list a lot of God's agenda that you're helping, hoping that he helps you fulfill? Now listen to me. Maintaining a prayer list is not wrong. Having Aunt Susie's neighbor's mom's heart condition on your prayer list is not a bad thing. But if that's the only thing on your prayer list... That's a bad thing. Where's God's agenda in all of that? Where's God's agenda in all of that? For many of us, the strength of our spiritual life is dependent upon God answering those requests the way we want. And when we don't get the answer we want, we go into a tailspin. And we come up with our own plan B. Rather than becoming dependent and trusting God, having confidence. Prayer, is, prayer has to reflect the nature and the purposes of God. When we pray, we, we need to, to pray the nature of God. We need to pray the attributes of God. We need to pray the, the purpose and the agenda of God. What God is doing. Prayer is, is not a, a list of wants, but it's a reporting for duty, someone once said. Prayer must transform us, not just the situations we find ourselves in. Prayer needs to transform the prayer. It's where we access this power that works within us. 
Right before, earlier in, in Ephesians, right before 20 and 21, which is what we were looking at, Paul wrote these things. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that, being root, that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's Paul's prayer. That was his prayer life. That was his prayer list, that we might experience the power, that we might be filled with the power, that we might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, that we might experience the dream. We must become people dependent on prayer. Nothing else. Prayer first. That's plan A. That's plan B. That's plan C. Dependence is nothing without trust. Dependence is nothing without prayer. And dependence is nothing without obedience. This was actually the last point of the last sermon. And I can only imagine that it will be the last point of part three of this series. Dependence is nothing without obedience. Obedience is a sure sign of dependence. When we step out, when we're willing to to, to then act on what we've heard, what we trust, what we know. So who are you following? Where are you going? What is God doing in your life? Where is he leading you? We choose how much God reveals to us by how much we are willing to obey. We choose how much God reveals to us by how much we are willing to obey. He's not going to give us more than what we're willing to do, and he knows what we're willing to do. And until we become dependent on him, until we've learned to trust him, until we become dependent upon prayer, until we have said, yes, I will obey, then he will start shedding light on that path. Dependence is nothing without obedience. A.W. Tozer says, the voice of God is a friendly voice. No one need fear it unless he has already made up his mind to resist it. If we are dependent, if we've said, yes, I will follow, yes, I will obey, yes, I will trust, we have nothing to fear. God's going to lead us in the right direction. God's going to take us where we need to go. And then we have to follow through with what we know to be true. God wants to stretch you. God wants to use you. God wants to get you out of the bleachers and place you in the game. Life is not a spectator sport. And there are only two teams in the league. Yeah, I used to hate coaching Little League for this. I didn't hate coaching Little League. There was one aspect of coaching Little League that I did not like. Boy, that just downgraded that right real quick, didn't it? Hate Little League to there were just aspects I didn't like. And that was there were only like four teams in the league. 
And so we played 15 games in the season, which means we played the other three teams five times each. And by about the second or third time, we didn't really care. We didn't care. The kids didn't care. The other team didn't care. It, it, you, you've got to have that where we're fighting a different battle every week or every game, that there's a new opponent. But let me tell you, life only has one opponent. And you're going to fight that enemy. You're going to fight the devil. You're going to fight Satan every single day. You can't just sit in the seats. You can't just sit in the stands and watch or you lose. Are you satisfied with the present level of God's activity in your life? Does God have untapped ability to transform you? It, it, have you been living out your plan A and you need to depend and trust and pray and obey God's agenda, God's plan? We live in a fallen world. And, and by all news stories, it's only getting worse. The wrong side, evil, sin, seem to be winning all around us. The hope and promise and potential of 60, 70 years ago seems to be fading in our, right in front of us. We have reached the part of the movie where it seems there is no hope. Where death, destruction, ruined lives, broken families, torn apart homes, torn apart communities... Sin, evil, all looks lost. The outcome looks bleak. Who's the hero of your movie? Who is the one that, is going to, that, that has the power to come in and make things right? Who is the one that, that you can trust totally, place complete confidence in? Who is the one that you can talk to? that you can go to first to get the right answers? Who is the one that you can follow with assurance that it's the right step, that it's the right direction? Whom do you depend on? Because God's power in your life is limited only by your ability to depend on him. Let's pray. Father, we are a dependent people. We rely upon you. We are dependent upon you, even though we don't always act like it, think like it, talk like it. Father, I do not want mediocrity for myself, my family, or anyone in this place here today. Father, we need to experience your power at work within us. Help us to see where we have become dependent upon the things of this world, where we have become self-sufficient. Father, help us to, to rip that from our life, that we might become fully dependent upon you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.